one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are... A, a very, very British, British horror. horror. So, what are we going to talk about today, Paul? We are talking about zombies. But zombies aren't British, Paul. These zombies are British. Tell me about these British zombies, Paul. <laughs> they are... Well, I, I'll tell you, there's an entire plague of them. Because we're talking about... <laughs> The Plague of the Zombies. And I have to remember the the, because I keep missing that and calling it Plague of Zombies, but it's not Plague of Zombies, it's Plague of the Zombies. The Plague of the Zombies. The Plague of the Zombies. Two there's <laughs> Or maybe just Plague of the Zombies. One Plague, several zombies. I'm confused now. <laughs> Is it the Plague of the Zombies or Plague of the Zombies? No, it's, I think it's the Plague of the Zombies. But that's, that's kind of irrelevant. Um, <laughs> It is irrelevant, that's right. Um, and, and I think I'm going to start off this podcast by saying, firstly, that I'm kind of very fed up with zombies. But th- you're not very fed up with these kind of zombies, are you? Because well, let's see. But, but zombies in general, I think, they're just there's just too many of them. They're just everywhere. There's zombie games, zombie films, zombie TV shows, people banging on about zombie apocalypses which incidentally would never work for a variety of different reasons, which I won't go into. But, um, yeah, zombies are kind of everywhere. And and whilst I used to love a good zombie film, kind of a bit bored of it now. So let's see if this changes my mind. This is, of course, the second zombie film that we've covered. It we, is. We, we did previously talk about Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Which I really like. Yeah, it's a, a so already I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> An affectionate tribute to some of the better of the zombie films that you're now bored with because of the saturation, um, the the saturation point that the zombie films hit a long, long time ago before Walking Dead, sorry, The Walking Dead, yeah. <laughs> even started. <laughs> really going for the definite article. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. Plague of the Zombies, though, it's not one of those films, in my view. Do you think it's one of those films? No. No? Because The Plague of the Zombies was made in 1966? Uh, yeah, 1966. It was made alongside The Reptile, I believe. Both made at the same time. And they both predate 1968's Night of the Living Dead, which yep. was essentially the, the film that invented the zombie genre. Yep. So... What zombies are we really talking about here? We're talking about, you know, the voodoo ones. Yes. The uh, the, the zombies um, that, that are, are part of um, the whole voodoo thing. Yeah. And apparently yeah. from Haiti, and which basically featured in one film before this called White Zombie, which had Bela Lugosi. White zombie, in. and also I Walked with a Zombie. Oh, I Walked with a Zombie. Yeah. So that, that that both, I mean, I Walked with a Zombie doesn't feature undead zombies in the same sense that this does it's much more kind of about the whole voodoo thing so so yeah so it's tapping into that and and obviously that there would have been um zombies would have been in some in other things as well i think i think just the night of the living dead just made it very popular and, and brought it bang up bang up to date um 
but I think this again is this is around that time where Hammer, I think, were trying to um, were trying to experiment with different different monsters. I mean, we we covered the Gorgon already, which is sort of in that similar sort of time. Um, That's true. And and I think this is just another attempt to try and come up with a a, a new monster. Yeah. I, th I think that's right. So we briefly run through the plot. Okay, go on. Then. Um, a, a, a nice old English doctor is joshing with his daughter, and he's received a letter from one of his old pupils saying, who obviously now also a doctor, saying things have gone horribly wrong in this Cornish village. Could you yep. come at once? And right. so they do And he come. says that there's a, some sort of illness or. A plague, if you like. <laughs> yeah, this is obvious, is that? And um, so they go, they, they go to Cornwall anyway. And um, on the way, they meet some horrible fox hunters and fall yeah. out with them immediately by um, by helping the fox. Yeah. And they also witness a funeral procession that goes pretty disastrously wrong. Yeah. Uh, because the body falls out. <laughs> no, well, it's knocked out, isn't it, by the same. Um, yeah. Fox hunters. Exactly. Um, and, and you can see that the body looked pretty ghastly. But normal dead body. And um, then they go and they see the doctor and the doctor's wife is a friend of the daughter's. And let's say we could have some ca we could have some character names, couldn't we? We could too. That would help people. So right, called, so, so yeah. Mr Andre Morel plays Sir James Forbes. Yeah. Diane Clare plays Sylvia Forbes, his daughter. Brooke Williams plays Dr. Peter Thompson, who's the call, the, the yep. doctor. And Jacqueline Pierce plays Alice Thompson, his his wife. Yep. And we've also got John Carson as Squire Clive Hamilton and Michael Ripper as Sergeant Jack Swift and sorted other people we may or may not mention. Yeah. Um, okay, so... <coughs> So James um, and then starts investigating, and um, Alice is Alice Thompson's immediately behaves weirdly, and she's got this cut that won't stop bleeding. Yeah. And um, yeah, then she wanders off at night, um, and at the same time, Sir James and Doctor Thompson are digging up the body, and then um, to the because they want to have a look at the. The, the body they've already seen because uh, they want to do an autopsy because they're not going to have done an autopsy before so they're doing one yeah. kind of in the graveyard and um, what sort of simultaneously happens if I remember correctly uh, from yesterday we watched the film is that um, uh, the, there's nobody in the, the coffin anymore and um, oh um so, so Sylvia actually has quite a busy night for following Alice, doesn't she? Because yeah. um, doesn't she get lost and ends up at no? She no, she meets the uh, fox huntsman again, uh, who, who kind of just basically sort of hunt her down, but not in a yeah, and take her back to yeah. um, Squire Hamilton's um, house, and Squire Hamilton saves her from a yeah. bit of a rough time, so she leaves. And then she goes and finds, and then she goes to this old tin mine, and she sees a zombie throwing the dead body of Alice down in front of her. Yeah. 
and um, I'd like to come back to that moment actually. Well, yeah, I mean, there's lots of bits and pieces in here I think we'll come back to, but yeah. Um, but and then, um, then there's some to do. They, um, Alice is um, the body's retrieved the next day. Um, Sir James has got in with the police um, because Sergeant Swift, Michael Ripper's character, is the father of one of the other victims of the plague. I think they've been about twelve. They said, um, and it 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 moves moves on, and uh, Alice gets buried, but they have to go and uh, to the graveyard that night because Sir James thinks that she'll probably come back as a zombie, and sure enough, she yeah. does, yeah. and. Um, so he tossed her head off with a spade. Yeah. And, um, you know, then there's some more stuff. But I think yeah. We'll, we'll, All right. We'll, 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 now. we'll crack on with that. So, um, one of the first things that struck me is obviously um, how from the word go, how great Andre Morel is. He is fantastic. And what a brilliant actor he is. He, he, he plays a type, I would say, but he, he, he does it Fantastically well. Andre Morel, who I guess best known for Doctor Watson in Hammer's Hand of the Baskervilles, and also um, Quatermass in the in TV the in the Pit TV exactly adaptation. But in in lots and lots and lots of things. Yeah, this this is a, a kind of rare leading role. I mean, Hammer hadn't used him like this no. um, very often, and you can sort of see the part of Sir James is more or less designed for Peter Cushing. Yeah. But he brings it he brings his own spin on it. Yeah. He does, yeah. Um one it kind of made me chuckle a bit at the beginning because uh, when he when you first see him and his daughter comes in and is uh basically going on and on about her friend and blah 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 and all this kind of stuff and 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 you can see that he's he's playing around with his fishing gear and you can see that he's he's really just thinking Sod off! I'm I'm going on holiday. Stop <laughs> going on. Leave me alone. Yeah, they they have a nice relationship. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. So I'm not so impressed. I mean, Diane, Diane Clare is kind of uh, well, Diane Clare and Brooke Williams are the juvenile leads. That yeah. Thing these horror films used to do, where the, the hero and heroine aren't actually tremendously interesting I mean they're, they're alright um, they're kind of not great roles uh, I mean Diane Clare didn't do an awful lot of acting but she she was quite good in I think she was the, the teacher in Whistle Down the Wind which she was quite good in oh yeah that's um, um, high quality yeah and, and I just think that she's just she's not given an awful lot to do in this well she's quite a main part but Scream she does and, but it's yeah. like yeah I mean, she, her character, they do try, I think, to make her character a bit gutsier. And there's all the kind of um, sort of fox, anti-fox hunt sort of she stuff. Does, she She's does quite stand her own of, ground, yeah. yeah. Quite sort of ballsy, but at the end of the day, she just ends up being a typical sort of victim-type role. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, well, well, yes. Um, and Brooke Williams, who... Um, I believe is well forgotten. Let's face it, he's forgotten now. <laughs> but he he was Richard Burton's friend. Okay, I think that's what he was known for. 
Yeah, and, and, and his entry in IMDb does just say Richard Burton's friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it does actually say actually he was um as a child he was befriended by by the actor Richard Burton. Oh, steady. <laughs> going on there then. But he said in later years he became his personal assistant, advisor, and collaborator. Yes. So uh, this is, yeah. This is a a rare. He um, did have a, a, a part in Where Eagles Dare. Yes. And who does that star? <laughs> Richard Burton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Off that. <laughs> um, that's a bit. I mean, he, he is an actor. I mean, he's not completely ridiculous, out of place, but no. yeah, it's one of these dull parts. Yeah, and he, he's. He, I didn't think he was particularly good. No, no, he wasn't. But much, much better, Jacqueline Pierce. Um, obviously with Serverland from Blake Seven. Yeah. But she and she was the, uh, the 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 title character in the Reptile as well. Yeah. At the yeah. same time. And here, oh, she plays a uh, tragic Alice who um, is uh, already suffering the effects of zombification or imminent yeah. zombification when yeah. you first meet her. Voodoo possession. She's really good. If you think of um, and not with a particularly good part either. No, no, but the. I always like like it when when you see like proper proper acting or proper writing or proper directing in the, these films because you know yeah. some of them are a bit short of that, particularly the um, acting and writing. But she does really really well. Yeah, and it was part. one of her first roles as well, I think. Um, no, I mean if you think of her as a kind of middle-aged vamp as Serverland, but yeah. it, 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 I mean it's, this is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, very imp- very impressed. Every time I, I I I watch this film and the Reptile, I'm reminded of just how great Jacqueline Pierce is. Yeah. And there we have our first, well, our second, because um, because we've got to obviously have some sort of Doctor Who reference. <laughs> but yes, obviously Jacqueline Pierce was also in Doctor Who in the story of the Two Doctors. Mm. And um, as I found out today, Andre Morel was also in Doctor Who. Andre Morel was in many, many things, including a, an early episode of Doctor Who that's now yeah. sadly lost. Yeah. The Massacre, the yeah. William Hartnell story. Yeah. And he was in The Princess Bride. Andre Morel? Yeah, he was in The Princess Bride. Who's in The Princess Bride? The, the, the big guy. <laughs> that's Andre the Morel the Giant, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Andre Morel the Giant. <laughs> yeah, well, he filled out a bit, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> obviously, sadly, that's a different Andre. But Andre Andre Morel was genuinely the voice of Elrond in the animated Order of the Rings film, so yes, that was pretty the, cool. The Ralph uh, Bakshi, yeah, yeah, that's, so that was pretty cool. Um, okay, um, where should we? Oh, okay, let's go. All right, let's go back. Let's let's just go straight back to um, my one of my very favourite bits in this film. Okay. Which is the first appearance of the zombie when um, yeah. Sylvia just sort of looks up at this old tin mine. It's yeah. Cornwall, is obviously. Well, tin the mine. T- tin mine, presumably that's a set, isn't it? That's actually it's uh, actually really well done. Yes, yes. Uh, anyway, go on. That's uh, just sort of digressing, but it's actually it's quite an impressive it's set. It's definitely a set. What, 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 I don't. One thing this film, probably like all the Hammer films, doesn't have a huge budget, but that's I true. think but I think they do quite well at making. Some quite different um, 
sets and things and doing something a bit different. And well, it does, this does look like it's a bit. There's a bit more money to it than than usual, although that probably wasn't the case. Almost certainly not. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was filmed at Bray. I think maybe the the money yeah, came, there's a, there's came a, from the back to back. Um, like, yes. This, yeah. They hadn't done this before. I think these were the first yeah, two they did yeah. like this, and then. Uh, or, I, oh no! Or no! Or possibly actually. Um, no, I'm thinking about it. I think Rasputin might have finished the week before this one started filming. Wasn't so. that that wasn't that done the same time as Dracula, Prince of Darkness? Exactly. So the, the, this was the year when they they paired those yeah. four films um, into into two lots of two and did them blocks, yeah. and and that might have actually that might have actually. Um, you know, pooling the resources might might have yeah. led to slightly better sets and um, and, and effects and and, and whatever. Yeah. I mean, um, you think all, all all four of those films have turned out well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's the, a very recognisable uh, Bray doorway, though. Well, <laughs> they were still at, at, at Bray. I think they um they they moved out the next year. Yeah. And actually, when they leave Bray, things go downhill. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we'll talk about the zombie, about the zombie, because um, it's kind of all build up, and then and then suddenly you see this um, this zombie, much I mean, a recognisable zombie, yeah. um, but kind of all, all grey with like white eyes yeah. and white hair or whatever, whatever. But you've got this kind of insane cackle, yeah. and then he throws the body down, yeah. and then and then she. And Sylvia looks at her friend's body, and then she looks up, and the zombie's gone. And yeah. it's just like that's awesome. Yeah. That's proper directing, and directed by John Gilling, who um, is one of my favourite Hammer directors. Yeah, he wrote. Didn't he write the Gorgon, which we covered a while back as well? Exactly. Yes. Yes. So Rock, I think he's a bit. I think he's a bit underrated, and, and yeah, I I, right. I I think there's a there's very much a debate. As to who was the second best of the Hammer directors, because um, Terence Fisher was yeah. obviously the, their top yeah. director, and you couldn't really argue with that. But then there were a lot of other very good directors. Yeah, you got Seth Holt and Freddie Francis and yeah. Roy Baker, etc., etc. And you just like, well, they made quite a few films for Hammer, all each of them, and you just think, okay, who would be the second best? I'm not sure this is the yeah. the, the debate we should be having right now, but John Gilling definitely a candidate. Yeah, because it's everyone always goes on about who the second best at everything is. That's obviously what's most important. <laughs> well, <laughs> when, when, when the top director is so obvious, and it's, it's only the yeah. second, uh, or you could be good turning around and say, well, "Who is the worst director <laughs> ever?" Very <laughs> hard. Yeah, well, we won't go there. I don't know who, who did on the buses. <laughs> it was them. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, so the, that that zombie appearance is 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 really effective, and I think that's that's uh, a sign of that that goes throughout this entire film. There's lots of really effective moments. Um, I mean the the I mean it opens the film opens really effectively in that you're you're in a mysterious underground place with the the um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but then hiations. If that's the right word, I, I think it is the, the right word. But yeah, that <laughs> mysteriously are just yeah. A bit later, you wonder how where they're all 
live and they all seem to be locked away in an old tin mine <laughs> but yes and then you've got the the the, um, the figure with the masks come in and there's the old voodoo doll thing and they splash it with blood and that and that's really effective as well because it's obviously a costume it's 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 supposedly i presume meant to hide the identity of the uh of of who that is but they don't think that well, it doesn't last very long does well, it well, the, it's the, revealed the guy in white who's conducting the yeah. ritual yeah I mean it's it's obvious that it's Scott and I love Hamilton. that yeah and I love that mask as well that, and I think that's a perfect Halloween costume it's a good Halloween costume yeah, I think that'd be of, great I, I might have to do that next I mean, time I mean it doesn't strike me as being immediately connected to um <sighs> Voodoo in any way, but no, no, it, I don't think it is. <laughs> but um, in fact, hasn't it got a big cross on that? It's got a kind of inverted cross or something, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which is which is very curious. Um, I d- Squire, the role of Squire Hamilton, which is played by John Carson, who, like Andre Morel, is another, another good solid character actor who appeared in lots of things, not everything, not doesn't didn't necessarily get a lot of. Um, Another roles. Doctor Who connection. Yes, yes. Um, he was in Saint Dance. Yep. A much later Doctor Who episode. Um, and still, still with us today, thankfully, according to uh, Wikipedia. Grand old age of eighty-eight. Um, very distinctive voice. So, yeah. um, I'm watching this film, thinking, is he doing a James Mason impression <laughs> just for this, or is that his voice? That Apparently, is his voice. Apparently, yeah. Um, and uh, also. Also in Taste of Blood of Dracula and yeah. uh, Captain, Captain Kronos. Kronos. Yeah, um, and he's yeah. good in both those parts. Yeah. Um, I think in Taste of Blood of Dracula he's foggy and then Compo is... Anyway, enough about Taste of Blood of Dracula in the... Yeah. Uh, the uh, and Last of the Summer Blood. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a very strong parallel between Taste of Blood and Dracula <laughs> and Last of the Summer Wine. It's not just because Peter Salas is in Taste of Blood and Dracula that I say that. Okay, well, we'll save that for the Taste of Blood of Dracula. That we podcast. will. I bet people can't wait. They'll be begging us to, to explore this further. Begging us. They will be, yeah. Mm. But anyway, we'll have to put them off for now. Um, in fact, maybe we should, we should try and tie all of them into sitcoms. That'd be good. Well, what sitcom would play the zombies be? <laughs> well, we failed <laughs> at the first <laughs> So, let me say what I wanted to say about um, yes. Squire Hamilton, yeah, because this is the Christopher Lee role. Yeah. Um, he's he, he's quite charming. He does seduce his victims, and there's a kind yeah. of, well, um, he, he, he's sort of playing Dra- Dracula. There's, in fact... There, yeah. I mean, Sir James is Van Helsing, his daughters, Mina, uh, Alice is um, Lucy. You can see the kind of Dracula template, as well as the Hammer template, has been put on this pretty solidly. Yeah. Um, He has a really sort of risky and slightly stupid way of... Because what he's trying to do, what Squire, Squire Hamilton's trying to do is get his victims a sample of their blood so that he can then use it in the ritual and pour on the little voodoo doll and yeah. start taking command of them um, but he appears to do this in a way where he he 
he drops glasses and then he goes around their house people's houses <laughs> demands a glass of water yeah. blatantly smashes the glass well, no, and goes, he, he, and no, goes oh sorry that's oh, stupid does, of me he does feign kind of a uh, sort of a, almost sort of some sort of fainting or something doesn't he almost or, and then and then one, then he drops it and then of course they go to pick it up and cut themselves whereby he then in order to try and get the infection out gets their their blood and he's done this with Alice because there's a similar sort of mm. a similar sort of th- thing that gets you don't see it but it's explained that there's a, ba- a very similar sort of thing well what what if they don't pick up the glass? They go, oh, it's all right, then I'll get the servant to pick that up. Or, or they get a dustpan and brush. I, I think you're or, crediting... Or, or if he doesn't... No, you're crediting him with too much subtlety. Well, that's the thing. He basically that... drops the glass, picks up a shard, and stabs them with it, and then says, oh... But, <laughs> but, he, but he, no, he doesn't, though. He not, does with, not with Sylvia, though. He doesn't. He, he, he she picks it up, him. and she cuts herself. So, it, it's kind of a bit... I just wonder if sometimes it's just a bit opportunistic rather than it being planned. Well, at know. one point, he walks into the police station and does this trick with someone who's actually been arrested on suspicion of murder. Well, yes. <laughs> so, so he's pretty, or he is pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah, his, his, his subtlety is not a strong point. But it's actually then quite hard for him to get the zombies because... The the people he he does this to and and then uses the blood over a doll in the ritual. Yeah. Um. They just die, but then he has to go and get them from the graveyard. Yeah. And um. Yeah. There's no sort of clawing out of the earth. Not in the the reality of this film. There doesn't seem. They don't seem to claw their way back out. No. No. Um. They just. He they, they has to dig them up and. When he knows that Sir James is on to him and is staking out the graveyard waiting for Alice to, yeah. to come back, they're just kind of like, um, they're trying to distract, they use some kind of really lame distraction technique to get well, Sir James the, the, out of the, the way. The vicar goes, because the vicar's with them, and he, he goes wandering off home, and, and uh, Hamilton goes off and basically strangles the vicar so that he cries out, and the other two... Um, run off it's kind of like a, a slightly more elaborate version of going look over there exactly <laughs> and, of course, and then of course when they come back they're, they're still mid um, digging up of the grave actually they do quite a, quite a good job in the, the few minutes that they've uh, I know but it's a ridiculous it's and then, but I like, like the way that they no but this is what I mean he, he's kind of he's kind of quite charming and, and has that arrogance but it, it, do, it, it doesn't play. The arrogance isn't isn't there in everything he does. So, for instance, when they come back, when when Sir James and and um, is it Peter yeah. come back, they basically all scarper because they know they've been found out. Whereas if he was more arrogant and and really really super confident of himself, like a lot of other sort of hammer villains, he would have been like there gloating and doing a big speech. I mean, can you imagine Mercata from, from The Devil Rides Out? He would just he would stay there and he would do some ridiculous over the top speech, whereas they all just leg it. And well, I quite like that. It kind of Squire Hamilton's like, well you're clearly He's a bit cowardly and I quite like and that. And we massively outnumber you, so we're gonna run away and leave the zombie for you to have. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense, but it's a bit it's sort of a bit more 
of an, a, a naturalistic sort of thing. It kind of rounds his character out slightly because otherwise he is a bit, bit one-dimensional. Well, okay. Um, okay, should we just talk briefly about what why he's he's zombifying all of these people? It's a big reveal at the end. Well, shall we? Shall we ruin it? Ruin it now? Well, yeah. it doesn't matter. We don't have to like do everything in order. We're assuming everyone's watched this. Okay, then tell us. Okay, so basically, there's a bit a line early on about why the mine is stopped. Um, it's too dangerous. Stop working. It's because it's too dangerous. Right. So, um, but there is a very rich seam of uh, of tin under there, which yeah. is worth a lot of money. Yeah. So, Squire Hamilton is using zombies to dig up the tin. Yeah. So he can become rich and wealthy. Now. And it is working. He's he's, he's yeah. restored his family fortune. Yeah. So, kind of in theory, it's very capitalist in that he's wanting to keep all the money for himself. But... Well, he's murdering a lot of people. <laughs> well, that too. Like, <laughs> you know, but if, if you had naturally dead people that you could raise up, then surely the, the health and safety concerns of, of zombies are not as... as that's bad. Surely, surely, actually, then it's a, it's a, it's actually quite a good plan. You know, he's, he's um, not risking anybody's actual lives going down in a clearly dangerous mine. And okay, he could do something like actually make the mine safe, but you know, why, why do that when you can resurrect the dead and use them as a, a, a free workforce? Uh, well, uh, seems sensible to me. I see your point, apart from the bit which I think you, <laughs> you skirted over unfairly, which was he's murdering them. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not know. really a health and safety win if you kill all your workers before their first day. Well, I mean that's his. It's unfortunate <laughs> that he lives in a he lives in a small village. You know that that's the that's the, the downside to it. You know, not enough dead people. Well, but I think I think. And you know you can't have people who have been dead be for a long time because they'd be they'd be rubbish. They'd I think be all the, the, the ritual is to turn people into zombies. <laughs> you have to start off with an alive person. Yeah. Well, there is that little detail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it's not a good plan. But um, when um, the squires scarpered and Sir, Sir James has gone, oh no, how do I deal with this zombie Alice? Well, there's a spade. Oh, well. But Ash... I, I, I uh, was quite impressed by that, because I, I imagine that, you know, the edge of a spade is not going to be sharp. I, I just can't see. She's not been dead that long. So that's going to be quite difficult to take someone's head off with, with a spade. I, I was reading um, The <laughs> Hammer Story. Re- I thought you were going to say you were reading um, medical journals in which they... They, uh, well, there was worked qu- out the uh, quite in-depth discussion with the censors about just how many times Sir James should actually strike Alice's neck in order to send okay. the head because he was like, "Don't make this too gruesome." You, like, right. So they because it, it's one swipe and it's off. That's yeah, impressive. I think it should have been about. I mean, in the original script, he just hacks it off. Yeah, <laughs> I think the censor was like, "No, you can't do that." Okay, because <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. Because you know you've got bone to get through and everything. Well, exactly. And if she'd been dead a lot longer, maybe because it would. But you know, and you know, if this film was slightly more realistic, 
the um, the husband. <laughs> there would be no zombies, and it would be very boring. Peter, who's who's witnessed all this, would go. Oh, my wife just died, and then came yeah. back as a zombie. He's, <laughs> and then, then well, teacher hacks her head off. He doesn't. He doesn't um, <laughs> freak out as much as he probably should. Well, do, but, but he honest. does a bit. Here he because, does a bit because yeah. he sort of collapses and he has this dream, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, and, and the dream is of the, uh, the, the all the bodies in the graveyard um, um, coming out of their graves. Do you know how we know it's a dream? Because of the waviness. The it's because they film it at an angle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's how, you know, it's obviously a dream because it's, it's at an angle. That's true. But, but that's a really, really good scene. A wavy effect. It is a really, really, really good scene and very yeah. reminiscent of the opening of um, Richard's Night of the Living Dead. I didn't think it was. How odd! I didn't, I didn't, didn't think that was at all. I thought it was much more. But I could kind of see it because both are set. In graveyards. In graveyards. But, but, but there's, no, there's, there's a not, theory that there's a theory that this film inspired *Night of the Living Dead*, so I kind of shoehorn that in there. I think that's a rubbish theory, but anyway. Well, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But but it's um, but it is really really effective, and I think it it does its own thing. There's a brilliant bit. Can bit a bri- no, no, you've got to hear about this brilliant bit afterwards, because um, when he wakes up and goes, "Oh, that was all a dream." And uh, so James goes, yeah, it was all, yeah, fine, don't, don't worry about it. it. Then he goes, then he goes, but does that mean that Alice isn't dead and, I, and her <laughs> head wasn't hacked off? And he goes, uh, no, actually, no, that, that, <laughs> that, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like way to build up his hopes and yeah. crush his dreams. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now you're. No, I was just going to say that the um, I like the fact that the zombies have some sort of uniform. They clearly all. Oh, they do, you don't shop they? at the same place. They wear the same thing. They wear this kind of so, monk so, habit. So clearly, they? when when they get turned into zombies, they 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 don't wear the clothes they were actually in. Um, you see, see, this is another thing. See, Squire Hamilton gives them a uniform, so they're like proper workers. They've got like a uniform, so he doesn't just let them wear their tatty old clothes that are all ripped and torn because they've been under the ground. No, he gives them a nice shiny uniform when they get get on their first day of work. They're all on Tell the, me he's not a considerate boss. He's, he's basically Mike Ashley. They're all on zero hours contracts, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Doing their tin mining down the Sports Direct tin mine. So who cares if he <laughs> if he whips the odd one or two? You know, you've got to have a good good discipline <laughs> and keep them in line. <laughs> have you been brainwashed by Ian Duncan Smith <laughs> since we last met? <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I think, what else should we talk about? What else should we talk about? Um, yeah, so that 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 um, um, yeah. I'm trying to think now. I'm just looking at my notes. We can um, move move on to the big. Uh, oh no, the exciting the exciting uh, scene where um, Sir James goes to uh, Squire Hamilton's manor. And then marches in and says, I know about your zombie conspiracy. Yeah, can, can, yeah. he doesn't have any plan, does he, throughout this? He, he just kind of, he's, he's swinging it. He's just being, it's all bravado. He just kind of wanders in there. Well, he wanders in on his own. On his own. He, he does kind of um, sneakily open yeah. a window whilst I was looking. But then, look through then, a couple of then Squire Hamilton turns up with all his um, fox hunting uh, yeah, henchmen. Uh, so Sir James goes, I know exactly what you're doing, and rather than going, 
oh well probably better shut you up then and murdering him he just goes well get out of the house and so he goes oh alright then I will I'm going to go out of the house and tell everyone about your stupid scheme but fine yeah. I don't yeah. care yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got no plan he doesn't know, really know what he's doing he's just doing it in a yeah. assured commanding way well neither of them have really got a very good plan have they? Yeah. And, uh, yeah so obviously then Squire Hamilton foolishly goes down uh, the secret passage to his tin mine or whatever he does yeah. and uh, it leaves to James to uh, break in in the open window and uh, look around for a bit yeah. and find the um, that's uh, when he finds dog. the little voodoo coffins I yeah. like the little coffins I think they're quite cool and then the like um, chief henchman and I like the fact that he doesn't bother to make any of the voodoo dolls look like anyone like previous voodoo-y things yes. One of the Amicus ads. Uh, one yeah, that's the, the the one with Christopher Lee and Doctor. Yeah, no, Doctor Terror, wasn't it? No, was it? Was it? No, it was. Was it? Did we? Uh, was it the House of Drip Blood? Oh, I don't know. Did we even do a podcast about the House of Drip no. Blood? Ah, that's <laughs> <laughs> there may have been one in Doctor Terror. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's one in um, no, <laughs> the House is, of Drip yeah. Blood. <laughs> um, yeah, any, any, uh, anyway, the dolls aren't as cool as these dolls. And yeah. uh, I think Sir James is pretty impressed. Yeah. Um, but, but then, the, then the, the kind of chief henchman sneaks up on him, and they have a fight. And <laughs> Sir James, um, then rather curiously, I feel, he wins the fight and then yeah. kills the guy when he's already down. Yeah, <laughs> no, he does, yeah. That's like cold-blooded murder. <laughs> it's like he just, just stabs him. <laughs> Although, to be fair, he stabs him in the shoulder and the guy dies pretty quickly from, like, a shoulder stab. Yeah, but I think it's clearly intended to be a fatal blow. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's going for it. And then, um, <laughs> and, and then the whole room goes on fire. And so James is just like, oh, no, I just killed yeah. that guy. And I was set fire to the house. And, uh, and he can't get out. Um, yeah. And so he's in a bit of a state. I actually wrote in my notes at that point because I was, I was bumbling around going, yeah, does Sir James have a plan? I wrote in my notes because he's just kind of bumbling around well, and he, like, blimey, he's just killed a real person. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Fair enough, like, lobbing the head off a zombie, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of a right fair game, but, you know, and she's stabbing a real person and killing them. Yeah. Not a bit, on, is it? What about his Hippocratic Oath? <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. What kind of doctor is he? Crazed vigilante on did the he, side. Did he get his? Did he get his doctorate from some mail order <laughs> company <laughs> and just kind of pretended to teach people? But, uh, but because Can he's got no it? plan, and because he's a homicidal maniac, <laughs> when his when his gans is up, um, <laughs> he's now trapped in a in, in, a, <coughs> in a locked room. Uh, he, he can't operate the secret no. passage. No, and. Um, He's going to die. But oh, then and what's happened? What's happened to the the guy, the the fox hunt guy? What? He's he's he's, he's on fire. I know. We talked about the fire. Did you do it? All oh, right. Okay. I wasn't listening to you. So yes, it's That's on fire. Inspiring. So here we go. Like we 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 we've got a house on fire. We haven't had that for a few films. I do like the house on fire. Yeah. And I do like that Sir James. Um, Gets out of it because some guy, um, a butler, just opens, the, unlocks the door, and he goes, "Right, tell me where your master is." And the guy says, "No," and he goes, "Tell me, or I'll burn you to death." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, he goes, "Yeah, all right, he's down the mine." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So, um, so, so James rushes to the mine where his daughter 
has been um, lured by um, the evil vampirism slash voodooism. And then she's, for no particular reason, on some sort of sacrificial altar stone. So Yeah, I, don't, I didn't quite understand what they were doing with that. Whether it was just something they wanted to do for laugh. Uh, yeah. Because he didn't. They don't not had. Because he's just had to have a little bit of blood before, and then he can control people. Well, may, well, no, but he has lured Alice there as well. So maybe yeah. he lures them there and has to kill them as well with his yeah. big sacrificial knife. Maybe it's very but, phallic, but, that wasn't it? Yeah. Well, she's on the table, and he's got his big knife out, and he's he's he's, he's rubbing it suggestively. But it's all about to go wrong for um, yeah, Scott Hamilton because the dolls are burning up. Burning in the fire. And, of course, the zombies who are... I love that. There's that great bit where the zombies all start, the the smoke starts to just come out of their shoulders and they're all just, like, tapping their shoulders in that kind of... sort of weird, slow zombie way, trying to put these these flames out. And then there's a great bit where where Michael Myers from the Halloween films turns up. That's quite good. Uh, yeah, I see the similarity in the makeup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a, during the flame bit, there's a zombie that's on fire, and clearly the stuntman is in quite a big suit. Yeah, that's flame proof, and he's wearing a mask that looks very different from the other zombies, and looks like Michael Myers from the Halloween films. And of course, Michael Myers' mask was none other. Than so then we can we can just say that with this, that that that's, this film also influenced Halloween. But Michael Myers' face is is a, is a famous person's face, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. William Shatner. Exactly. Yeah. But this one wasn't really William Shatner. No. So it probably didn't influence Halloween. No. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the way you finished that, as if that was your if that was your point to start with. That's, yeah. that's good debating skills. It was, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and and then um, with everything on fire and the whole uh, conspiracy to um, employ these cheap yeah. workers, um, go literally going up in smoke, Squire. Hamilton quite considerately tells his henchmen to go up the lift, but yeah. then he doesn't take his own advice no. and he waits in the shadows to try and bash James over there with a rock. Well, quite a small-looking, obviously fake rock. Yeah, yeah. And so James just sort of goes, huh? yeah, and, and that doesn't yeah. work. And then, and then all the good guys, James, uh, his daughter, and uh, the other guy, Doctor, yeah, they, they like it. They they all go up in the lift and. Uh, yeah, the, oh, the, and the Squire Hamilton start gets attacking him as well. Squire Hamilton gets um, murdered by flaming zombies. Yeah. Well, that's the heavy corporate takeover. And then, yes, <laughs> <laughs> like the unions, the yeah. the, 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 the unions, <laughs> <are> just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then um, the fight for zombies. Exactly, and uh, Sir James, etc. Go. Just watches the uh, the mine shaft all burns, and it's not a, it's not a burning house. He's watching the end. It is the burning mine shaft. Yeah, it is. But the house has presumably caught fire as well. It's good that in those days everything was so flammable. Really, wasn't it? I think actually it was. I think that's actually true. It might be true. Yeah, it was quite. Yeah, you know, one little bit of fire. Whoosh. They must have been like living in fear of their lives every time they lit a candle in those days. Well, all those candles probably didn't help. Yeah. 
I, I've got a question just about that, right? Yeah. Um, no one at any point takes Sylvia's voodoo doll away, do, do they? No one actually rescues that from the fire. So why doesn't she burn up? Because all the zombies burn up. Maybe the ritual wasn't complete. So, so maybe because she wasn't dead. Yeah. Maybe that didn't. Yeah, I think once 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 you're a zombie, there's no hope for you. But before you've been zombified, you can be rescued. Maybe 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 you just kind of you can be mind controlled beforehand. But yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think I think, I think that's, that's it. a bit of a fudge. But can I give you some exciting trivia? Okay. I understand that Mr. Martin Scorsese is a fan of this film. Is he? Indeed, he opened his episode of Amazing Stories, um, which was called Mirror Mirror and made in the 80s, and uh, yeah. Tim Robbins in it. Um, but he, he, um, he opened his episode with a clip of Plague of the Zombies. Okay. And I just didn't remember him uh, praising Hammer in, uh, in Scorsese on Scorsese. Okay. Thinking, oh, that's cool. So, that's quite good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a bad um, pedigree, is it? It's not no. a bad fan to have. No. That is pretty good. It's pretty much the only good piece of trivia I do have about Plague of the Zombies. Yeah, I don't know if there's, I have any other trivia. There's a rumour that went around that um, Diane Clare was dubbed over by another actress, but that's not true. There are points. I think there are points in the film where, where, and this was quite common at that time, where where they they did some dubbing with the actor um, afterwards in post production because for whatever reason on on, on the set that sound hadn't come out properly or Hammer was quite bad at redubbing actors. Yeah, but 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 yeah, she's not. It is still her. But yeah, there was a rumor that went around that said said that she'd been dubbed over by another actress. Mm. So yeah, um, this film was was released on a double bill with the uh, Dracula Prince of Darkness, yes, and was a was. tremendous success. Yeah, no, that would have been a, that would have been a good good value for money if you'd popped along to see that. I would have thought. Yes, were I born, I certainly would have, would yeah. <laughs> would have done. Yeah, just a couple of um, extra actors who have been in lots of well, one of them not so much, but. Uh, one that's been in lots of different TV programs, but both have Doctor Who connections. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> the first one's a guy called um, Marcus Hammond, and he played Martinus, who was the uh, the, the, the country two. bumpkin guy, who was um, the the country bumpkin guy who was um, who was uh, gets turned into a zombie, gets thrown in the cell. And he's uh, he was in um, he played uh, Antridus in in the Daleks, the William Hartnell story. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So that's going. And the other one is um, the police constable who who was um, yeah with Michael Ripper. Oh yeah. He was played by Dennis Chinnery, who was in several Doctor Who's and also lots of other programs. Probably the most famous Doctor Who. He was in was uh, Genesis of the Daleks. Yeah, so, Daleks yeah but he's but he's been in loads of programs as well. So there we go. And the other right weird. The only other thing I, I, that I thought was quite weird was the the hunts the the fox hunters. Yeah. Reminded me for for no good reason two very specific things, which are totally unconnected with with um, Hammer Horror. 
But just, oh. and, and I don't know if anyone else was reminded of this, one big train, if you remember that. Yes, comedy. <laughs> series that had a group of fox hunters that just kind of went around and were very silly. Yeah. Um, reminded me of that for some reason. And also, Grant Morrison's The Invisibles. Oh, okay. The Invisible. Yeah, Grant. Yeah, That's a comic. Yeah. So that was that was like really weird. That, that, that was just just reminded me of that for no real good reason. Right. So shall we get on to the uh, the usual questions? I think we should. Okay. So Chris, what did you think of this film? Did you like it? Well, I'd like to answer that in the words of <laughs> Jeff, one one of our. Um, Facebook friends who said it's absolutely brilliant about the only zombie film I like and it's got Michael Ripper hash win which is like like win with a hash in front of it no I I would agree with that yes I I, I, I pretty much agree with with everything Jeff says there I'm not a particular fan of zombie films like like, I mean I don't even well, like I, the good I, ones. I, 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 I was <laughs> quite a big fan of zombie films, but it's just sort of gone off them. Um, yeah, no, this this was great, and um, thanks to just a quick thanks to to Southern Railways and their their general incompetence, I was able to watch most of this film in one one uh, train journey. So there we go. So and that was quite good because it kind of it it helped that fly by but yeah no it's it's it it seemed very short this film and I don't I think it's kind of generally a sort of standard hammer length but, well paced but it just it just flew by it was mm. it was it's, it's probably the best paced film since perhaps probably Dracula yes in that sense so yeah yes it, it went even more quickly than The Bride yeah oh no wait a minute The Bride was too out of hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so yes, I, I, I really like this film. Yeah. And, and it, it's great. It has good. It looks, it looks more expensive than it actually is. It has great costumes. It has great sort of imaginative sets. It takes the zombie um, voodoo idea and puts it in probably quite a unique setting. I think it is quite unique. Um. It has lots of really nice uh, location work, even if it is just Black Park. It does. Which is uh, quite near Bray. <laughs> Convenient. And appears in lots of Hammer films. Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 it's just really good. It, uh, a couple of interesting little side thing uh, things to note. Um, Actually, I think I enjoyed it this time more than, the, than when I watched it when I was first getting into Hammer films like 20 odd years ago. I think the absence of Cushing and Lee probably yeah. counted against it for me early on. But yeah. now I can appreciate other things. Now, now I don't automatically prefer the horror films with Cushing, Lee or Price in. I mean, I still love all three of those actors. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's not necessarily um, an automatic fail. No, no, it. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and I did because I, when I was when I was like that kind of age, um, 
I did think well, I really wanted to bring Hammer back and I had loads of ideas for new kind of Hammer films we could do and me and my brother um, Stephen we, we did our own co- comic together called Domain of the Zombies which would have been a sequel yeah. and um, one of the one of the, the things which I think you mentioned on Facebook which is very strange in a way is why was this film never sequeled yeah I, mean, I don't it, understand because it, yeah it's, it's really good could easily have been couldn't it yeah but then but then around this sort of time none of the monsters that they tried out sort of made any sequels they um, when well, I, I think probably because they managed to lure Christopher Lee back to play Dracula that then that took off and they just just trudged on with the Dracula sequels and the Frankenstein sequels because they were safe and a good bet because we're well known. So I, th- I, th- I like to think of this, this little period was quite sort of experimental. But and creative, yeah. And creative, but then they didn't, they didn't, they they got cold feet and and went back to their sort of safety net, really. They could, they could I mean, you could have had Sir James back, you could have had yeah. more, more zombie, yeah, no, been good. zombie action. So it's a bit of a missed yeah. opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. So, um, does does it hold up as a, a horror zombie film today? Difficult question. <laughs> yes. The only problem is the, the 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 kind of it's all basically like a, a capitalist reintroducing slave ownership is kind of a rubbish. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people generally play the zombie apocalypse card, don't they? And yeah. Yeah. So, so, so um, <laughs> that's the way that the genre's gone. Yeah. But you know, it largely does that scene, like that, like the uh, the dream sequence, and also the first appearance of the zombie. Yeah. They're both definitely. They're horror. great. They do. They, 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 yeah. I, I think the zombies don't behave in the way that we would come to know zombies to behave. If you see what I mean. That's true. They don't. There's no. They don't go sort of wandering through the village trying to eat people's brains or anything. They they are very much just they're slaves, aren't they? Mindless so like slaves, yeah, 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 yeah. So So yeah. Okay. Um, did you did you find it scary? No, no, really. no I didn't. I mean the the, the dream sequence is, is quite un, unsettling a little bit I guess, but it's not scary. It's, uh, but um, well, what's unique about this film is it's a gothic interpretation of zombies, and yeah. zombies aren't really associated with gothic horror. And no. uh, obviously, the way it went afterwards, they never—I mean, they're totally separate, zombies yeah. and, and and gothic. And um, but here, here it works. So yeah, uh, but. It, Probably for scares isn't the best combination. No. Okay then. I think that was a success. I think um, it's a good film. I enjoyed it. Um, If you agree with what we talked about, um, or you disagree and you think this is a terrible film, uh, or, or you just want to say something random, there are ways you can contact us. Uh, you can contact us by our face on our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash very British horror. Uh, there's Twitter, which is at very Brit horror. And you can also email us at very British horror at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you. 
Um, we do. We really we do. Might even, we might even give you a shout out or, or randomly ask you to, to join the show at some point. Who knows? Anything can happen. So, but but we won't know unless you give us give us your feedback. So, uh, Chris, tell us what we plan to do next time. Well, we plan to do um, a film from the early seventies, which has got one of the most innovative features in the whole of cinematic history. And Don't we'll give it away. Save it till next time, but just tell us the title of the film. The film is called The Beast Must Die. Yes. Got Peter Cushing in it, so it that's pretty good. Yep. Okay, so until next time. Oh no, we're doing this wrong, you normally do this bit. Go on. Until next time, I've been Chris Denton. And I'm still Paul Monk. Goodbye. Bye bye.